But I think it's really important for our sport to have that kind of tighter, more competitive setting for the women like the guys do uh, in order to push people, um, in order to push the top girls too. Like they don't really have anyone chasing them. But I think that changed or is changing. Like last year at Malibu Open, um, there was there were some big scores being thrown up. So that was cool to see that now there's there's other girls um, starting to kind of push in and starting to try and close that gap and make it a little bit more competitive and kind of spice up the podiums, change things up a little. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Water Ski Podcast for episode 30. Yes, 30 episodes already. Um, this one is with Jamie Bull. Jamie is one of the best skiers in the world, straight up. Like current under 21 world champion, NCWSA record holder with five and a half at 39, and cha- national champion. Um, literally one of the best skiers uh, in the world and one of those skiers that in those famous Malibu Open of last year really showed us that women's water skiing is strong and competitive so I'm really excited to share this interview I did it when I was in Lafayette last month right after I interviewed Ryan and uh, Harry about the Raging Cajun water ski team and um, we were, you know, going deep, going back to her beginnings in Canada and some of the people, the key people that uh, helped her improve along the way. Uh, we talk about some successes and some not successes, right? But uh, really cool episode. I'm really stoked to share this uh, interview. I also want to thank everyone for the support that you've been showing to the podcast, whether it is you know, a text message, a donation, a review, whatever it is, like the stoke that is around this podcast has been uh, very pleasing and encouraging. And it makes me hopeful for the continuation of this growth trajectory of the sport. Um, one quick final announcement. If you haven't checked out What is Kibitz, this is my new podcast where I'm basically taking excerpts of interviews I've done over the months in the here in the Waterski podcast. You can check it out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, whatever you get your podcast, just search for Waterski bits. And we'll certainly take some bits from this interview in the upcoming weeks. So enough with the chatter. Let's get to the episode. Enjoy your week. Jamie? Welcome to the Water Ski Podcast. <laughs> Thanks. I'm glad to be here. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. Good. Nice to be in Laffy, you know? Yeah, back to your old stomping grounds. Absolutely. I, I just, as a matter of fact, yesterday morning went to find my brick. Oh. I went to find my brick. I'll show you a picture later, <laughs> you know? Yeah, because uh, here on campus, they put bricks for people that graduate, but it takes two or three years, you know, for the funding to come in and people to actually lay down the bricks. So it was cool to find it and take a picture and, and all of that. But yeah, um, it's cool for sure. There's actually a lot of skiers have bricks down. Yeah. I know 
can walk around, see the Ashers, Krauses, Trent's is here. True. Yours is there. True. Danielle, yeah. Steve. Yeah. yeah. You can, it can become... I mean, not that I'm, you guys need suggestions for recruiting because you're obviously recruiting very well, <laughs> but it could be like a recruiting walk around campus, right? We, we do that. Oh, you do? Yeah, you get to do the walk of honor and see all the past gears. Well, there you go. There yeah. you go. It's already in place. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. Um, well, we're, we're recording this, what is it, March, early March. Mm-hmm. How's school? How's everything going? Busy. Busy? Yeah, so, <laughs> so much stuff going on at school but it's good what are you what are you going for what degree i'm in mechanical engineering there you go strong degree <laughs> yeah right yeah that's tough i'm trying to minor in biomedical um try and kind of combine into biomedical engineering mm-hmm. um but the guy that was running it left the school so now i'm kind of sticking more to the mechanical side of things M- makes sense yeah makes sense um we're going to get to some of your, you know, experiences here, but just to get us warmed up, how'd you get into skiing? What's the story? Well, I grew up on a public lake in Canada and my parents, uh, they were just cottage skiers. My dad was a barefooter and him and his friends got a course when they were young and they put the course on the lake and we were messing around. And then when my brother was born, he was raised on the water as well. And he started playing on the course and my dad took him to watch a tournament and he said that he wanted to go in one. So my dad put him in a tournament and he did really well. And everyone's like, who is this kid? Like, where'd he come from? They started talking to my parents and said that he's like pretty good and he could excel in the sport if he got some coaching. So he actually took him to Dan Rainey's place in Kingston Mm -hmm. and Jarrett started skiing tournaments and it kind of took off from there. And then I just followed in his footsteps. Nice. Nice. Was it, how was it in the early days? Was it something like, well, Jared is doing it. I'm going to do it too. Or was it like you had passion for it? What, what were your early days of skiing? Definitely sibling like inspired. That's like my whole life. Like everything Jared did, I wanted to do. And he was actually gone to Dan Rainey's. I was six and I was skiing on two skis, kind of messing around. And he left and I told my parents like, oh, I'm going to drop a ski before Jared gets home. And my parents are like, yeah, okay, like, you know, like, let's go. We can try, we'll work on it, whatever. Um, so I ended up dropping a ski. And then I was like, well, I'm going to get up on one ski before Jared gets home then. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up doing that as well. So then <laughs> there's a lot of, like, I don't know, drive yeah. in order to kind of keep up with Jared or impress him, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> be like be. him, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it could um, be both, right? Yeah, so I'd say he he definitely pushed me along. That's and then cool. I kind of, after that, after I started skiing tournaments, then I really, like, kind of fell in love with the sport for myself. Mm-hmm. What, how old were you when you skied your first tournament? I was six. I skied Ontario Summer Games, and I dropped a ski to ski it. But I think, like, my first real tournament, I was probably eight. Okay. How was that? First real tournament, eight years old. Do you remember anything about it? I don't remember my first tournament, but I remember my first nationals. I fell around ball one on my first pass. All right. That, that was a rough time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Generally, half first pass is rough time. Yeah. yeah. So that was rough, but hey, I got past it. <laughs> only slalom or did you trick and jump a bit? I've only slalomed. You've only slalomed. I've only slalomed. Okay. Never tried tricks? 
I rode a trick ski for like maybe a week when I was 10. But I mean, I, we were like at home in Canada. It's cold. Um, we live on a public lake, so you got to wake up early before fishermen and everything come out. Uh-huh. So there wasn't that much time between me and my brother to ski on the song course. So we'd wake up and it's like trying to get all your sets in there. And then t- like tricking was always like my parents didn't really know anything about it. Jared didn't know anything about it. So it was like, okay, you're going to get up, play, you're going to fall. It's going to take a lot of time. Right. And then by the time we were done slaloming, everyone was out on the lake and it was windy and it's cold. You just want to go home. So tricking lasted not very long. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It makes sense. Now, and you know, obviously a lot of people, uh, are slalom skiers only. I mean, I would say, you know, the way I I normally compare it to friends who don't know the sport is that, yes, you have a lot of ways of they use snow ski or do things on the snow, but 99% of people snow ski. You know, know, so like I think slalom is in that kind of category. No offense to the other two events. They're amazing. But if you hear of someone being a water skier, 99% of the time is going to be someone who runs buoys or does one ski. Yeah. I think it like stems from cottage skiing. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people maybe don't ski the course, but you might, you know, in the summer go with your friends and just like get up on two skis or one ski or whatever and right and kind of mess around. And I think that leads to more people starting with slalom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. You know, it's like, it's also what you see more, you know, mm-hmm. like it's easier access. What a, um, so you said obviously, Jared, your brother, big influence growing up and to this day, I'm assuming. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, any other influences you had, you had in those early days? Because obviously you started going to nationals. You're now a competitive water skier. Anyone that like sort of helped you in those early days when you were running your first passes, cutting down the line? When I was really young, it was really just my brother and my parents who were involved. I didn't kind of branch out past Canada for quite a while um probably until i was i think i went to florida for the first stint of period when i was 13 and that's when i went to jack travers Mm -hmm. and then i started to get a lot of help and support um through jack and john and then will asher as well uh, became really involved in my skiing yeah um and then as i continued to grow older ho like the entire team has been super supportive and that's kind of just continued to like intensify as i've gotten older yeah i mean those are big names man yeah. you're 13 and you're getting will asher john travers jack travers yeah. i mean those are big influences yeah i mean so my dad um he like taught kines and biomechanics and um in high school and so he didn't know anything about water skiing but he knew he understands how the body works so that's how he used to coach me it would be like okay well if you do like if you put your body here this is what's going to happen right or and so we used to watch edge and water all the time like that movie played i knew all the words by heart because (laughs) my dad's trying to watch us and figure out how he's going to coach Jarrett when we were young and watching those videos and you know like you're the skiers in our like movie stars to you when you're a kid right like marcus is in there will's in there and then now it's like I'll pick up the phone and call Marcus or he'll shoot me a text or like I'm you're sitting at Will's house or you were going to go ski with him. So like these people that when I was a kid, I was watching on the TV screen, like how their movie stars are now like close friends and people that I spent a lot of time with. And that yeah. was a really interesting transition to kind of come across and a realization like 
I, I mean, I didn't really notice it. And then one day we were just talking about it. I was like, wow, this is cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is not something that if you told me when I was a kid was going to happen, I would have never expected that. I would agree. Yeah, I, I had moments like that as well. I mean, I, I've said it before, like I, I would wake up every morning in my bedroom in Italy with this super dope eight show poster of um, of Wade. Mm -hmm. It was the poster that launched the first CDX and was just him like crashing a four ball. And it just said CDX Cox Design Extreme, you know, and I woke up with like I, every day I would see yeah. it, you know. And then I got to ski with the guy and I was like, okay, I was taking aback a little bit, you know, like, yeah. wow, you know, the, those moments are important. It's really cool. Yeah. Were you nervous the first times you had like wheel in the boat, you know? The first time I skied with Will, definitely. Tell us the story. Uh, I think it was, it might've been before my first master's. I went to his house with my brother and... I, w I didn't know him that well at that point. I think it would have been my first or second time in Florida. I would have been around him a bit. And Will's kind of like a quiet guy, you know? Yeah, okay. he's <laughs> kind know? of like a quiet he, guy, yeah. Um, and when you're young, like, I don't know, it's Will Asher, right? Like, I'm still like, wow, this is right. that guy, you know? Um, and I just remember it was like new place, whatever, I'm showing up to Will's house and I'm going to go and ski. It was fine. He's awesome. Like he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't care. He'll he'll tell you. He's just I'm just a guy. Like <laughs> right. yeah, okay. Exactly. But sure. no, it was super fun, and it's it's been awesome skiing with him now. Yeah. What is um? So did you ski some with Jack as well, or primarily with John? I skied a lot with Jack, kind of earlier, and then I started skiing with John, and then we would go to Will's place. And then I kind of went back, John would be gone and I'd like ski with Jack. So it's kind of flipped back and forth. But when I first started going to Florida, I was skiing with Jack all the time. And what is, if you want to share, what is some of the things that Jack helped you with? Technical and mental, I'd say. Like he's very knowledgeable, obviously, in terms of skiing. Um, and he understands like feeling like comfort on the ski where you're like what you see what you feel coming into the, the course and everything so he was able to help me a lot uh, just with technical pieces mm -hmm. of my skiing that I needed to fix in order to improve yeah but then also like how to prepare for tournaments in terms of sets like reps when I need to take some time off I'm really bad with that like I, I will just keep skiing like yeah. I grew up not like knowing when you're going to ski again in terms of weather or boats or whatever so I get to Florida I'm like oh, I'm going to ski 10 times a day for every day and right. Jack used to tell me like no you're not skiing today or you're doing this or you have a tournament coming up so you should do this before the tournament so just kind of learning how to be a competitive athlete and stay like having more of a training program leading up to peaking and tapering before events yeah was really really helpful which i think it's hard right like did you do any competitive snow skiing growing up yeah yeah and it's maybe you can speak to that but like it seems to me like other sports allow for more reps right like so you can put a lot of time mm -hmm. on the slope or in the swimming pool or on the football field whatever sport it is or golf you know to, you can get a lot of reps in skiing, you really can't at a certain point, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, how, like, was that a play for you as well? Where like, man, I only spent 20 minutes on the water. What is this? Yeah. Uh, any of that? Oh, 100%. Because yeah. every other sport that I did, it's like you spend so much time training. I mean, in snow skiing, it's maybe you're not in gates all the time, but 
you're still on the snow. You're doing drills. You're doing everything. You're spending hours and hours on snow. Right. Working on stuff. And then comes to water skiing. I'm like, you're doing a couple passes and you're done. I'm like, well, how am I going to learn? Right. That's how always how it was. I was like, well, if I only do it this many times, my body's not going to know how to do it. Yeah. So I was like, I need to keep doing it more and more and more. Um, but you can't. You cannot. You can't. <laughs> it no. just doesn't work. Yeah, physically doesn't. No. And probably mentally as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know about you, but there's some, you know, like in season, you're going down the line, like 39 and 41 become hard mentally. Like I'm, maybe my body's okay, but like mentally I'm drained. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the same for you, but like I, I found them to be demanding on a lot of levels. You yeah, know? absolutely. It's definitely tough. Yeah. But um, yeah, let's not jump ahead too much. Um, so, you know, you're skiing, you're, you're 13, you're coming to Florida a little bit, mm-hmm. you're skiing with Jack. Um, what is your level at the time? What buoys are you running? What tournaments are you getting involved in? Mm, I can't remember if I was 13 or 14 when I went to my first master's. I think I was, I feel like I should know that. That's probably bad. But um, say 13 or 14, I qualified through LCQ for my first master's. So I had gone up, I'd gone up in speed a year early. uh, And so I ran two at 11 to qualify for masters for the first time. Wow. That's young. Yeah. That's young. So I would have been a year young. Yeah. At masters my first year. Pretty solid. Yeah. (laughs) How was that experience? Really cool. Kind of because it was like really my first time getting into Florida and spending a lot of time there. And then knowing that I had the ability to qualify for masters masters was still kind of like that tournament mm-hmm. and so going into LCQ I'd been skiing really well at Jack's and LCQ is held there yeah so I ran two at 11 the first round and then another girl in the second round ran two at 11 so the way LCQ works is you have to get the score which was two at 11 but you also have to win and so she ran two at 11 so I was like I had to beat her um, previous round score, and I ended up running two at eleven again. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Really making the, the putting the mark putting on it, it there. Like That's I, awesome. I want to go. That's awesome. Um, so that was really cool uh, to qualify that way. My brother was there too, so that was awesome. Oh, so you guys skied junior masters together? Uh-uh. No, uh. he was just at he was at Jack's when I did it. Okay. Um, and then I skied my first masters. Didn't go as well as I wanted that's okay i think i ran four at 35 okay came fourth okay but i mean you know excuse me i've asked this to other guests i think that especially junior masters that might be a little incidental like i'm thinking more you show up to callaway you get the hotel room you do the walk down that that all like that little pathway they're still setting up the the tents for Mm. the day after maybe you see like a ryan dodd or like a you know, like people like this walking around. What's that? What's that like? Is yeah. it like, you know, when you were watching action water kind of moment? Yeah. I mean, it's just everyone's there, right? And I don't think I'd been to a tournament where you have like all the pros are mingling with the juniors. Like maybe not until the Saturday when all the pros actually like kind of arrive. But you're just like walking around and you're surrounded by all the people that you've looked up to. Yeah. So that's really cool. And I think it's 
a motivation point as a junior skier is to like you you're now like you're skiing the same lake you're skiing the same tournament and then you get to like walk around and you're watching them you can walk and oh there's regina's warming up to go ski right boom and you just walk past her exactly you know so i think that's really cool and then it just like pushes you to like want to be in that spot like you want to be the regina and some juniors walking up yeah that's cool and certainly now there's some juniors walking up to you thinking the same thing yeah i don't know i still feel like a kid (laughs) i don't know man i don't know i mean you're young you're definitely young but you know you're warming up at the pro masters now Mm -hmm. you know yeah um all right so you know and did you ski junior masters every year since that year or how did that work out yeah so i actually qualified through lcq again the year after i ran five at 11 yeah okay that was, that was a bit of a jump five at 11 um i think like i got yeah that tied my practice pb as well to qualify for masters that year and then i skied it the n- next two years so i could have done five junior masters i skied four and then my fifth year i skied pro like my fifth junior i skied pro Oh, wow. Yeah. You're one of those. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Jumped up. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, understandable. Right? Yeah. Had you won some before that? Yeah. I won I won one the year before. The year before you went pro? Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, all right. All right. Um, w- let me see. Let me see. Junior Worlds. Are you skiing any of that? Mm-hmm. I skied Junior Worlds 2016 in Chile. How was that? That was good. So I I won there, but that was that was a bit of a journey. Um I had to fundraise in order to go to I remember this. Yeah. I remember this. Yeah, go on. Yeah, so I had to fundraise in order to get there. So I had I had like a campaign and um like raised enough funds, was able to go. But I kinda I was I was at home, so Chile opposite summer than us. Yeah. So worlds were in January, and there's ice on the lake in Canada yeah, in January. Exactly. <laughs> so I was skiing in as long as I could in Canada, um, trying to get ready for it. I think I skied until November, which is unheard of. There was snow on the ground. I was only free skiing. Our course is like a bit of a boat ride. It was too cold, so I was like just free skiing the whole lake coming back and running inside my like legs everything's purple i can't feel my hands like just trying to stay on the water and keep my like muscles going wow i was like wasn't in the course nothing i'm like i just need to stay strong and then a bit of pools a bit of turns yeah (laughs) pretty much a little left and right and like (laughs) give it a go but um and then i then the lake froze (laughs) so i took a month off and i went to florida for two and a half weeks before worlds and tried to get ready <laughs> right <laughs> so um but that in that month off i knew that everyone else that i was going to be competing against at worlds was skiing mm-hmm. like i knew i was the only one that wasn't skiing and i kind of started panicking a little bit because i had just done this fundraiser in order to get all the money in order to go and i wasn't skiing and i was i just like in the back of my mind was like oh like what happens if I go to worlds and I don't ski well and I like let down all these people that 
kind of paid for me to get there. Wow. You know, and I, and I'm I'm like I'm 16 years old. I'm like pushing that in the back down. Like, no, they're not gonna care. Like, they're so they chose to support me. Like, I'm gonna be fine. Everything's fine. Don't worry about that. Just go ski. And but like every day that I took off, it was kind of like it was more there. Yeah. And I was just like kind of panicky. And then I went to Florida, got back on the water. I was skiing okay um, by the time I was going, but I, I mean, obviously I would have liked to have more than a couple weeks on water before I went yeah, to Worlds. So I was, I was skiing well, it was okay. Flew out to Chile. My ski got lost only for a day. So I was okay, okay. but ski got lost. So I was like, oh, now I'm not gonna like ski here, but it was only for a day. So it was okay. And then prelims came and I've never been so nervous in my whole life. Like wow. usually like if I'm nervous on the dock, I'm going to jump in the water. And as soon as I get in the water, I kind of like settle, like I, I calm down. Before you even do the deep water start? Yeah. Is, okay, like so I hit the water and it's boom. usually like a bit of a grounding. And in then element, yeah. I like get up and by the time like ski my first pass and when I'm in the water on the other end, like I'm zoned in, I'm good to go. Yeah. I like got in the water got more nervous, like got up, skied my first pass, got to the end of the lake, was like super nervous. Like every pass, I just like was freaking out. Um, I ended up making the cut to finals, but barely. Okay, what are we talking about? Were you last of the dock? So you sound like you knew the cut when you went on, on yeah, the water? Yeah, I knew the cut. I would have been, I mean, they scrambled it. I don't remember where I was, but I knew the cut. Um, so I... I got, I made the cut, but I was one of the first people off the dock in finals. So barely made the cut. Barely made the cut. And when I came back, like into shore after that round, like I was just a mess. And just because I was so concerned about living up to expectations of the people that supported me to get there. Mm -hmm. Like I've, I've have monetary sponsors before people have helped me, um, just so I can do the sport. Like without them, there's a lot of people that have helped me since I was a kid in order to like be able to continue competing in the sport. And with companies, I've never felt that pressure so much, mm -hmm. but I think it's because it was people. It was like actual people, not company names. Yeah. It really hit me a lot harder. And so when I got out of the water after semis, and I like told my dad right away. I was like, I'm just like freaking out about this. He's like, I kind of figured, but I didn't want to bring it up to you in case you weren't thinking about it. Right. And so then I like kind of talked to him. I talked to a sports psychologist that Canada brought and also Jarrett Llewellyn. And they're like trying to like kind of reassure me and everything, and which I had already been trying to do for myself and it didn't really work. Um, and then I had sent an email out to all the people, like the campaign people. Um, that night saying that I had made it to finals and the response I got was like overwhelming like everyone was just so excited that I made it to finals like could care less where I was at they were yeah. just stoked yeah and I was like oh, okay it's that, fine everything's fine like they really so cool. they really don't care they were all just super proud of what I was doing they were like just like their response was awesome and it just soothed everything like it fixed everything like every doubt that I had in my mind and I went and skied finals and ran for it 11 and won. Boom. Yeah. That's such a cool story. Yeah. I had no idea about it. And obviously you know what I do 
for a living yeah. so obviously the fact that you had a sports psychologist from team Canada at the world mm-hmm. was he there or she there he was there yeah that's so cool mm-hmm. you know like that's really that's really cool like good support system and yeah. we'll give we'll give some solid shout outs at the end of this so that those people can okay. be recognized you know um but wow wow and tell me thinking back about it now because maybe you even knew that they didn't care it's not that they were paying you to run 411 they were yeah. paying you because you needed the money to go and participate and compete oh absolutely you know? and but, i knew it then and like w- when i had that month off when those like thoughts originally were coming into my mind that's what i was like telling myself i'm like well they're not they're not paying so that because they want me to go there and win they're trying to give me an opportunity to do something yeah like they're trying to give me the opportunity that i would have like without that mm-hmm. like money barrier um and they don't really care about the outcome. Like I knew that, but it's still it's tough. It's still it's tough. there. Yeah, it's one of those things. Like when you're in the moment, it's t- it's tough to discern. Sometimes mm-hmm. we have this. I don't want to say in your case irrational thought, but like maybe irrelevant. You know, yeah, that for really sure. didn't matter, but like it was there and it was affecting you. Yeah. So at that point, it's like you need to learn how to deal with that mm-hmm. rather than dismiss it as not important. Because to you, is the most important thing in the mm-hmm. world in that moment, yeah. right? For sure. Yeah. So that was a huge learning curve for me too. Yeah, right there, I bet. That world's in terms of mental um, mental game and everything. Yeah. Now, you are, I would say, um, pretty famous for being someone that lives it all out. And, you know, like you, you, you ski very well at tournaments, you know. Um, 2016, junior world champ. Mm-hmm. 2017 you go to some grown-up worlds mm-hmm. and you got third mm-hmm. that's insane <laughs> you know yeah tell us the story there yeah i uh so i decided 2017 i was gonna go to open worlds instead of going to u21 worlds like i had to pick between the two ah no way yeah i had no to make way. a decision in terms of again just for yeah. skiing's expensive so um, had to choose, so I chose Open Worlds, and they were in France, which... Sorry to interrupt, what was the decision driven by? Like, why not on the 21 Worlds? I couldn't afford to go to both. No, but it, but why oh, Open why? instead of, of U21? Yeah, yeah. You, know? um, you were 18, you just made it to the under 21 category. Yeah, um, it was actually to try to get to Masters, because there's elite points at Open Worlds. Smart. And <laughs> so... And I'd been skiing well, so it was one of those, like, I still was going to have two more U21 Worlds. So if I skipped, like, the one when I was underage for U21, then to go to Open Worlds, it wasn't... Yeah. I was still going to have the opportunity to go to more. Um, So then I chose Open Worlds, try and get some experience in the Open category, and then possibly be able to get elite points to go to Masters. Sounds like a smart, smart thing to do. Uh, looks like some boys brought us coffee. <laughs> Let's take a break. Well, so we were talking about worlds. You make the call, open worlds. You know, there's some elite points at stake, maybe for masters. So you made the decision. What mm-hmm. comes next? Went to Spain to Botas mm-hmm. and skied there for a training camp with Team Canada, and that was really good. Kinda right. Like got used to Europe and everything, and. Um, was skiing really well there and then we went flew over to France 
Was that your first time in Europe? That was the first time I skied in Europe. Okay. Yeah. I think I'd only been for my brother's junior worlds at San Gervasio. You were in San Gervasio? I was in San Gervasio. No shit. I was there. No way. That's so cool. How old were you then? Like 10. 10. 10 years old. No way. That's awesome. And my grandpa was there. Yeah. No way. Yeah, I was running around like a headless chicken. (laughs) It was my first organizing experience. I mean, I wasn't the main organizer. I was doing what dad said to do. But... um, no way that's awesome Mm -hmm. that's so cool (laughs) that's so cool so first time in europe was watching jared at the junior worlds in san gervasio yes and next time was to ski in sesenia pre getting ready for open worlds yes look at that (laughs) kind of crazy yeah Yeah. then we went to france and i mean france was an interesting event interesting venue uh pretty rolly water Uh super windy and unprotected um Mm -hmm. The girls, the wind wasn't so bad. Uh, the guys, I know it got pretty blown out. Yeah. But um, I actually, it was kind of beneficial to me that it was rolling because I live on a public lake. The shores are rock. Right. Uh, so it's super rolly where I'm from. Mm-hmm. And that kind of worked in a bit of advantage to me. A lot of the people that I was skiing against kind of come from man-made lakes and they weren't necessarily as used to it as I was. So... I was a little bit more comfortable skiing on those conditions than uh, I think some of the other girls were. Yeah. And I, my goal getting in was to make it to finals, made it to finals, and then I was fourth um, in like going into finals. I was seated in fourth behind Wit, Menno, and Regina, and then I ran. 4 at 11 in finals, I think. And um, Manon actually binding released. Something happened. She crashed at yeah. 14 on her first pass in finals. Yeah. And so that put me on the podium and ended up third behind Regina and Whitney. So yeah. that yeah. was pretty crazy. What a podium, man. Yeah. What a podium. Give me the... I mean, was it one... In, was it yet another one like the actions oh, we're gonna call it the action sports experience from now on like so you know you're on the podium in third place jamie bull you show up with your ski you know and then you see wit and then you see regina did you have sort of like a moment where you oh for sure looked up like absolutely what, what's going on yeah. here yeah no for sure i mean that still happens to me today like last last season um i came second at malibu open oh yeah and I, so I ended up in head to head finals against Regina and like, I'm, I'm sitting on the dock with Regina. We're sitting at the end of the lake together with Regina. And now I know Regina and like, we have, you know, we'll talk and everything. Um, but she's still someone that I look up to and she's still like, you yeah. know, I still look at her. I'm like, wow. Um, for a lot of reasons, but I think that that kind of like idea that you're saying like mm-hmm. that's i don't know if it's ever really gonna fade for me for some people yeah but definitely like you get on the podium and i'm like wow i'm standing beside 
some really <laughs> great yeah, people right now <laughs> exactly amazing skiers yeah. you know like they won worlds you, yeah. you watch video maybe with your dad trying to figure out okay well how do we do get the gate like that yeah you know, like, i know i had like a video of regina slow motion video that we used to put my video beside and watch it in slow-mo like forever <laughs> <laughs> trying to figure things out in yeah. canada like you know so now that getting to ski with her like you know be around her and just kind of like normal like normal daily life things now yeah um just being around her but it's still pretty cool to like get to be standing on the dock with your childhood idol yeah i mean yeah I think that's super <laughs> cool yeah that's super yeah. cool um yeah well, i mean what since you mentioned it give us the malibu open random from last year because i mean we spoke about it off the mic Mm-hmm. But it was one of those moments, in my opinion, where it made everyone stoked and excited and hopeful about pro women's skiing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we were talking about it before is that Whitney and Regina have kind of dominated women's skiing. And other than, I mean, really the two of them, there's no one that has kind of been anywhere close to them. Like the gap between them and everyone else was always so large yeah that and then Manon came into the scene and she was starting to push her way in and kind of break through but then again after that there was no one really there like a six buoys gap yeah you know, like yeah, pretty much yeah and I mean that's that was really sad for our sport because it kind of like what's, yeah. the, what's the point of women skiing if there's no one competing if there's yeah. no competitors you know um did you ever add that thought yeah for sure you know i look at guys skiing and if you look at the list there's however many of you who have whatever two or three at 41 you know um it's super competitive like there's a lot of people that can run that score Mm -hmm. um and with women it's you know you have regina and whitney and then there's like a couple people that are like you know, going to get a couple at 39 maybe. And then, right, right. you know, so there, it's just, there's not that many women around. And I think that makes it, I mean, for me, it always, I still looked at Regina and went and wanted to kind of get up to their level. Um, but I think it's really important for a sport to have that kind of tighter, more competitive setting for the women like the guys do Yeah. Uh, in order to push people. Um, in order to push the top girls too, like they don't really have anyone chasing them. But I think that changed or is changing. Like last year at Malibu Open, um, there was there were some big scores being thrown up. Absolutely. So that was cool to see that now there's there's other girls um, starting to kind of push in and starting to try and close that gap and yep. make it a little bit more competitive and kind of spice up the podiums change things up a little yeah i think it's awesome i mean i've always said like you know as you know i organize a pro event in italy and i've had you know uh, a little shy showing up of women at first and then more and more showed up and to me it's as exciting as a fan of the sport and as a competitor to see women competing mm-hmm. you know like there, there's there's no question about that but as you said, there is a bit, there was a little bit of that gap of like the two at 39 and then two at 41. Yeah. And nobody really feeling the middle, right? Like in skiing, you said, yeah, there's a lot of people that run two or three at 41. There's a selective few that can run 41. But then you have people that do like four, 
mm-hmm. or five or three and a half. Like it's, it's humongous field, right? Yeah. And then last year, not only Malibu Open, but maybe Malibu Open stands out in the memory as that tournament where we went, okay, Ali, Sam, Jamie, Brooke. I mean, there's people starting to mm-hmm. go here, you know? Yeah, it was absolutely. awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. It's really cool. I think it's I think it's really good for the sport too. Yeah. And so give us the rundown. Like uh, Malibu was last year, remind me, was one round, then they took the top eight for you guys? Yeah, good question. Yeah. <laughs> um I'm not sure. How so many basically they took. one round. I think and, so. One round they took eight, top eight and, and then, then they top took two. Top f- or four and two. Top yeah. four and then two. Yeah. Um so I don't really remember the order of rounds in which I ran what, but I ended up tying my PB with five. I had good starts at 39 every round, which was a little, a little frustrating because I never, I never got to finish the pass off, which I was really hoping to do, but that's okay. Um, so I ran five, four, and then tried to turn five to get to six, blew out because I was too excited. So I ran four and a half. Um, and then when I ran five, Sam also ran five, which was going to possibly put off, put us in a runoff position for the top two to get. Yeah. Ah, Okay. Right. Um, no, to get into the top four, to to get to top four, um, because Whitney was still left on the dock, um, and Regina. And I think Mano had, I guess they, the three of them were left. So, I went out, ran five. Sam runs five. Boom. I was like, oh my, like I'm getting into a runoff right now for running five at 39. Are you kidding me to try to make it to the top four? <laughs> like them trying to get to semis and I got to run, you know? So that was cool to like see that high of a level to try to get into semifinals. And then Whitney ended up falling. Um, so we didn't have to run off, which was, that was nice. <laughs> yeah, <it helped>. no. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and then that round uh i think i ran four and a half that round and then that put me into um head to head against, head regina. To head against regina which was the highlight of the weekend probably <laughs> you know like uh, it was really cool for me to run consistently deep 39 that's the first tournament that i had run like that far down the line yeah. that many times yeah um so that was really cool to like get past four like four or more for four rounds straight that's insane so yeah that was cool um and then being able to ski against regina in head-to-head was just that was i don't know an experience okay okay super fun yeah i bet i mean it was fun to watch i'm gonna tell you that so uh was she top seed Mm. or were you top seed who got to choose i got to choose so i chose to go first so that she'd have to beat me figure that <laughs> that was a, the, the a safest good, option, the safest right? option against regina right um yeah so you go so out i was at top seed 28 32 went out at 32 and in finals i ran oh, four i guess and then regina had a really bad start All at right. 39 right. like pop the biggest wheelie on one ball at 39 and i'm sitting in the water at the end of the lake i was like wow you know and like happen like a little like a little thought of like wow this like this could happen i I could possibly you know (laughs) right yeah of course and uh 
but it's Regina. <laughs> she's a beast. <laughs> she knows what she's doing. And she put her shoulder down and got her done. But uh, no, it was awesome. It was a really cool experience. But yeah. it just kind of like watching her do that too is like a bit of, I don't know. I just want to get to the point where I can make that big of a mistake at one ball at 39 and just be calm and know that I'm still going to pull it off. Yeah. Like yeah. she has the experience to do that and she's confident and she knows and she's like kind of knows how to get through that stuff. So that's kind of, I mean, I want to, want to get to that point. So yeah, I mean, I don't blame you. I mean, after, yeah. after you get to be head to head, against such level, mm-hmm. that means one, you belong there Two, Okay. Now how do I get there? Yeah. Right. Um, and I, and I remember her, like her sportsmanship also at the end, like when she came and congratulated you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, she's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I have a lot of respect for her, and um, she's always been super respectful to me as well. That's cool. That's, yeah, that's good. Two right foot forwards, you know, like poking at 39. Yeah, Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) That was good times. So let's, let's talk about that for a second then. What, you know, we are in March, you're starting your season. Um obviously the goal i'm assuming is running this 39 yeah. right getting at the end of this pass yeah. <laughs> right and we'll talk about in a second that time that you got really close that yeah. everyone knows well we'll talk about it you know <laughs> but what what are you focusing on right like is it is it technical is it equipment is it mental is it a combination of everything what is it gonna allow you to start having a few 39s in tournament because i'm sure you've ran it in practice mm-hmm. What's missing? Uh, I would say mental right okay. now. Just because I've had a lot of good starts at 39 in tournament. And I've made countless times where I haven't run it. Um, which isn't happening in practice. So I think just getting to... I think once it like once I get through it once in tournament, I'm going to be okay. I think it's still kind of that excitement factors getting to me a bit in tournament where like mm-hmm. like i want to get it done like i w- want to i mean it sounds bad to kind of say it like that but because it's been it's been a while i like just want to get the first one over with <laughs> yeah you know why did it um, sound bad i don't know i just it's like oh, i just want to get my first 39 over with like i i just i feel like once i kind of break through the mental pathway of like getting through the gates at six at 39 like finish the pass then i think it kind of takes that the title like away yeah like kind of just allows me to like okay i've I've done it and now i can move forward and right you know and then it won't be as big of a mental deal when i try and scheme my next tournament you Mm -hmm. know that that'll kind of be gone yeah I mean, it's, it's never going to be like 39 is never going to be easy, right? right. <laughs> but I think it'll just like take away a bit of that mental, I don't know, panic or I don't know what it is. It's not panic, but like just excitement at 39 when it's going well to try and run it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's completely understandable and maybe who knows, maybe you had that at previous passes in your career, right? Mm. Like I know for me it was 35 off. Like I would run it back and down, upside down, like in tournament five and a half, four and a quarter, five wheelie early, mm-hmm. you know, and then I ran it that one time and it was like, okay, well, it's 35. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, like, so th- for 38, I'd run it 
once in practice and the next weekend I skied a tournament and ran it. Hmm. And that's kind of how it's been like growing up. That's kind of how it always was. Like my practice PB and my tournament PB were always equal. And wow. then the past couple of years <laughs> hasn't been the case. Yeah. Um, so that, that's been a little, little tougher, but, um, it's okay. I think, I think <laughs> the thing that I, the one where I got really close to running it, <laughs> I think that'll, that helps mentally too. Like I got outside six. So, you know, what was that? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Collegiate Nationals. Yeah. California around five and a half of 39. Give us through the pass. I mean, well, it's, I'll give a bit of context just out of memory and knowledge about the sport. It's Thursday. First event in Collegiate Skiing is Women's Slalom, right? You're obviously, you know, the best slalomer that this team has. Mm-hmm. And you were probably last rotation? Mm, no, I chose oh. to go fourth. I chose to go fourth. Okay. Mm-hmm. What was the rationale there? Or third, uh, I didn't want to go last. Okay. Yeah. Um, collegiate skiing is like a little bit, it's way more team oriented. Like it's not individual. And I wanted to be able to go out fourth rotation and not have as much pressure mm-hmm. on me. Uh, yeah. Fifth rotation, if your team needs points, it's kind of all sitting on you. So I wanted to be able to go out there and just kind of like do me kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So chose to go fourth rotation, I think. Okay. <laughs> Third or fourth, I'm pretty sure it was fourth rotation. And um, then I ran five and a half 39. Start at 39 was good. One good was one good. Ball. Yeah, good one, two, two, four is my onside, but I always struggle with it. And it was okay. Three was good, four was kind of slow, five was okay, and I was still, so the previous weekend was regionals, and I kind of safety turned three Mm -hmm. to try to get the records three, so I didn't want two and a half, but I wanted to get outside four, Right. and I was like not in the greatest position, so I kind of safety turned three, and it ended up running over four ball. Oh. So then I went collegiate nationals. I was like, I'm not safety turning three. Like I'm going for it. Um, so I turned three well, and then four was okay. Five. Um, at that point, I was still actually pretty calm. But then once I turned five ball, I was like, oh, I need to get to six. So I dropped my shoulder and just like tried to go as fast as I could over to six. And I had a ton of speed. And so I'm going like straight out to six and when i turned like i had to turn back in to six or else i was going to go straight to shore right (laughs) and uh came back in and i got kind of high-sided and like my ski just slipped out from underneath me so i i'm like sitting there like uh, trying to get ready to take a hit and then my ski was just not underneath me anymore and i was in the water and i was like i did not just do that I'm sure those were in the exact words that came out of your mouth, <laughs> which is okay. We don't have to repeat them here. You know? um, but wow. Yeah, and that video has been out, you know, quite a bit, mm-hmm. obviously because of the special that Marcus did on Collegiate Nationals. And and to me, obviously, your skiing, you know, that's that's. but to me, it's the reaction of the crowd. Like every oh, single sure. skier, like no matter the, the color of the shirt, they were like, okay, oh, 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 no. Nah. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, that was really cool. I mean, I watched that video, I got goosebumps. Because obviously I couldn't hear it when I was skiing. 
um, when I came to shore, everyone, it didn't matter what team was super stoked, but, um, to kind of watch that and see that like Marcus was on the other side of the bank yeah, and you can hear loud and clear everyone screaming. Yeah. And that's really cool to have like every single team. They don't care. Like they were all cheering so loud. And I think that's cool to have that community and like that kind of bond and collegiate skiing is everyone there was like super stoked. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's true. Like, I don't know. Doesn't, doesn't help their teams if I, you know, around 39, (laughs) 39, like, but they were all like excited and wanted me to ski super well. So that's cool. Like it's definitely. I think it says a lot about collegiate skiing, mm-hmm. right? Like the this tremendous, you know, rea- like reality that we have in our sport. And I spoke about it with Marcus and Jay over in the podcast with several other guests mm-hmm. of how it's, you know, it's attracting a lot of people to the sport. Because obviously we think you are Lafayette, you are Monroe, Alabama, like the top, you know. But you take all the other teams that get to go to nationals and ski the regionals in the Midwest, you know, like they're recruiting heavily on campus. These people get to ski for four years and they remain in the sport, right? Yeah. Like the ability of drawing a lot of attention and people into the sport that collegiate skiing has. Yes, for sure. It's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. Um, Excuse me. What about... What about how is that experience been for you? And I ask you, and I'm curious to hear from your perspective because you're a slalom skier, mm-hmm. right? So technically, Thursday afternoon, you're done, right? Mm-hmm. But I know you're not. You see what I mean? Like you, yeah. have, you have team, you have, you know. So how has it been to be, you know, you're formerly snow skier, you know, grew up snow skiing, then water skiing, very individual sport, very easy to get in your own bubble. How has it been to be here at UL skiing for a team? It's really cool. Like, it's definitely a different side of skiing. Completely different. It changes a lot. It changes how you approach events. It changes, like, when I'm standing on the dock, it changes what I want to do. Yep. Um, I think it's really cool. You know, you're there skiing for 22 other people, and then, like, I've gotten so nervous for people, like way more nervous than I am for myself than I am getting for my teammates when I'm standing on shore, you know? Oh, yeah. It gets really cool, like camaraderie between everyone on the team. And there's a lot of support. Like we all ski together. You're coaching each other. So you're invested in each other's skiing. Big time. You know, you're coaching each other. So then when you go to events, you know, you've put a lot of time into other people's stuff as well. True. So it's really cool to kind of grow and learn off of each other in this setting mm-hmm. um, and to have it where it's a team sport and you're kind of taking the individual part out of it. Yeah. You know, like any team sports, I grew up playing basketball and volleyball and stuff and you're on the court with, you know, a bunch of other people at the same time. But yeah. when it's a team sport and you're alone on the water, that, that, you know, it's still, it's directly on you. If you screw up, you feel like fully responsible. If you're yeah. on the court and like, I don't know, you fumble a ball or something like it's a little bit the consequence feels a lot smaller than yeah. if you're there so I feel pressure wise it's different because you're not doing it so much for yourself as you're doing it for a lot of other people yeah what about um so you said you know you're staying on the shore nervous for other people mm-hmm. like can you tell us a story maybe of someone that skied recently in nationals that you were like oh man I hope you know yeah so Spav 
our team captain, he actually had equipment um, break before nationals. Oh, wow. So then we got him a new ski sent in. And so he's riding a new ski. Isn't, wasn't super comfortable on it, but was like doing okay. Like, you know, and uh, he was fifth rotation, I believe. And we had Edo go out in slalom and he fell around at, after one on his first pass. Oh, wow. So we needed only f- like your four scores count. So we needed Spav's score. And Edo crashes and I'm sitting there waiting for Spav to go. And I was so nervous. I was like, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm scared. He's nervous because he's riding a new ski and like right. all this stuff's happening. I was like, come on, Spav. Put it <laughs> come together, on, buddy. Come on. And he did. He did? Yeah, he absolutely. Well? Like, yeah, he he got it done. Did what he needed to do. So That's it cool. was good. But yeah, it was, it was definitely a little nerve wracking. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. I bet we had, I can share a similar, because then it becomes, I was actually, as you know, I was talking to Ryan and, and Spav before this. Um, it also becomes interesting when you're looking for those gaps, right? Like uh, there's a, like, you know, let's say in your case, if you skied five and a half at 39 mm-hmm. or five at 38, mm-hmm. the difference is 30 points. Mm-hmm. But if you skied, say one at 38, or two and a half or 38, that's 150 points, yeah. right? So you have those gaps where you have to be super careful and yeah. stuff like that. Um, no, it's it's definitely definitely interesting. And obviously you're aware of those. Yeah, right? there's a like, lot of calculations going on. Yeah, that, that happens, <laughs> yeah. that happens. And so we had, um, what I was going to the story, we had this guy from Italy, Lorenzo, who came in the year that we won nationals and he was like very good tricker. Yeah. I was like, okay, ski line five, ski line back to back, ski line, ski line, ski line. I'm like, listen, buddy, no. (laughs) (laughs) We need you to ski 5,300 points. That's all you're going to do. You're not going to shoot for 7,000. You're skiing 53, but you have to be 99% solid. You know, like it was literally like a a team surrounding this guy and telling him this is your run and that's what you're going to do. Yeah. And kudos to him. He humbled himself and pulled it together yeah. and we won nationals, you know. That's that's kinda how it goes though for for like collegiate skiing. Is yeah. you gotta put the team first. I was nervous um for collegiates this year. It was kinda windy and I wasn't sure if I wanted to take thirty eight headwind or tailwind. Mm-hmm. And I'm like spav spav like t- tell me like I don't know what I want to do you know because yeah. if if I was skiing for myself in a pro tournament I would have taken 38 tailwind like like wouldn't have thought about it right um but when you have all your other team and everything I'm like ah like I don't like I'm not here I wasn't going to nationals to break the record I was going to nationals to win as a team yeah so I was like, well, maybe I should just take 38 headwind to guarantee that I run 38. And then, like, I don't need to win either. Like, get a couple at 39. If I get beat, it's okay. But I did what I need to do for the team. Yeah. Um, Spav told me, like, do do you. Ignore everyone else right now and tell me what you would do if you were skiing for yourself. And I was like, take 38 tailwind. He said, go do that. Look at Spav, man. Yeah. Awesome yeah. team captain right advice there. right there. Told me... Yeah, he was like, you just need to go and do what you can do. He's yeah, like, do I tr- he was like, I trust you. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And okay, then I took 38 tail and ran 
five and a half. So, tell me about that team win because that was a first for you. I mean, I'm sure you might have had some wins with Team Canada, but it, it's not the same. Uh, not at all the same. No, they're not the same. Mm-mm. So, how was it? Like, this was a, a true team win. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> what Super. went through your mind? What, what was the experience? I mean, there was just a lot of excitement the whole last day because we knew we were close. And then by the end of jump, we kind of known that, you know, we yeah, had won. And it's you put a lot of work and time and effort into that. And then when you, like, all, like, perform during those days like that's you got one ride and you got to do it and yeah. everyone on the team pulled it together and did what they needed to do um that's really cool to have yeah. you know and like you all jump in the water at the end and everyone's just super stoked and you know it's cool yeah no for sure for sure i mean i think he also brings you back again like you know, you have those moments where you think back, like, wow, going to the lake, I really wasn't supposed to ski, but I went so that I could, you know, pull X and Y skiers so they can get their ride in, and I rode for them to help them out, and, you know, like, there, there's mm-hmm. all these things that kind of come back to you. you yeah, know? absolutely. It takes a lot of meaning. Um, it's funny, I was talking about it with uh, Sean, you know, I coached Sean Hunter for mm-hmm. a few years, and he won again uh, slalom yeah. last year. And so I called him, hey, buddy, congrats, whatever. He goes, uh, you know, I want the team win. Yeah. I want the team win. And that's when I went, you know what? I, whatever influence I may have had on you, that probably, I'm proud of that one. You, know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you really want the team win. Yeah. That's good. You're not going to get it because you went to the wrong school. Hey, but, <laughs> there we but, go. But keep trying. Yeah. <laughs> great. Great. So one of the things I want to talk to you about is, and we didn't we sort of went through it but i, I want to spend a bit more time on it pro women skiing mm-hmm. right i mean you're obviously one of the sensation of world skiing right and yet compared to the guys not a lot of tournaments right so give us a sense for instance this season what are the tournaments you're sort of working towards so i'll start with masters uh, possibly Swiss Row. That's the f- well, Moomba I guess is happening right now, um, but I, w- I won't be there. So Swiss Pro is a possibility, uh, Masters, and then Lake Thirty Eight. Yeah, that was a fun event last year. That was my first time. It was a good one. Nice. Um, and then Jay's holding LA Night Jam, yep. which has slalom in it as well. So that's cool. I'm excited. That one looks like it's gonna be a great event. And then. Malibu Open got moved to September. Yep. So September will be Malibu Open and California Pro Am. And then in August I have Hilltop oh, yeah, Pro right. Am yep. with HO. Yeah. So th- there are some tournaments. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly there are a lot of events and in Europe, say, where now we're having a very good pro scene and you know, there's going to be its own tour with separate points. We, I mean, I, I guess apart from us in San Gervasio, there's not women's skiing. Yeah, um, only only you guys. Have. Yeah. There's a lot for guys, though, this year. There's a lot of pro tournaments in Europe, and San Gervasio is the only one that's offering for women. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it'll be, I think a lot of people are going to try to go there, but I think in order for women to kind of, for it to be worth going to Europe to spend the money to get over to Europe and make that travel, it would be beneficial for us to be able to do 
at least two stops like if it's back-to-back weekends you go fly in you ski that spend the week whatever ski the next one and you're out right um i think that'll bring more women to europe than if you only have one event yeah for sure and i think i think it's some you know like it we we I've had guests where we talked about this and sort of made sort of like calls for tournaments, right? Uh, but I think it's it's such a it's such it's much bigger than that, you know. Like imagine like a young upcoming European men's skier, mm-hmm. right? They have a tour to aspire towards, right? Like they know that if they become good enough to you know ski pro tournaments, they have six tournaments with money in Europe. Right. For sure. Kind of like what you may have have right now in the U.S. Right. You have, you've talked about like 38 Masters. You know, there's a few tournaments. Yeah. Um, so because I, you said it and we talked about it, like we care also about pro women's king growing in, in numbers and levels. Mm-hmm. You need to have those tournaments to aspire to. For sure. Right. Um, so, yeah, it is it is a situation that hopefully will change. I mean, it's all very new, you know, like up until three or four years ago, there weren't even pro tournaments in Europe at all. Mm -hmm. You know, there was one. Yeah. Um, So obviously it's exciting and kudos to those that are putting the effort to do them. But hopefully they'll start adding women to where, you know, we yeah. can have someone like you come to our tournament. Yeah. And other tournaments. I mean, uh, <laughs> come back oh, to San Gervasio. Exactly. Not just to watch. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's uh, all of this is all to say, come on, Jamie, come to my tournament. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I want to. I want to. Hey, I, yeah. might be, I might be showing up. You never know. Yeah, exactly. No, well, I mean, yes, of course, I, I care about that. But it, I think there's a bigger point to me. Being, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. All right. So I don't know. Anything else that we didn't say? Some well, obviously some shout outs, right? Mm-hmm. Um you said and I really loved your story about the worlds, the junior worlds. I think that says a lot about you and um your commitment, right, to, to become the best gear you can be already mm-hmm. at, in during the juniors. Um but any any shout outs that you want to give any people that have been influential in in your skiing? Yeah, for sure. I mean to my family for getting me into it, yeah. you know, my brother for pushing me every, every day, never, never being easy on me. Um, but then to like HO who've been a huge support, the entire team has been awesome. They've been one of the reasons that I've been skiing so well is just the support on the team in terms of coaching and mental and equipment, you know, the support through that. So that's been amazing. Um, Nella food equipment is a company from back home who's been supporting me since I was pretty young and I would not still be skiing without, uh, Ralph Nella. So, wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a huge one. Um, very like huge impact on my skiing career. Um, and then same with McGregor meets is also from back home. Really, really, really big support. Um, so that's, that's cool. Um, there's a lot of companies in North Bay too, that have helped me in my hometown that have kind of helped out along the way. So that's awesome. That's been really good. Yeah. Nice. Well, Jamie, this was a true pleasure. I'm glad we got to sit down. Right. Yeah. And chat. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> finally, finally got, got to nailed do down. It. Exactly. Maybe we'll do it again. You yeah, know, uh, sure. if you come to San Gervasio, or if we meet yeah, at a tournament, yeah. we'll sit down, you know, still yeah. trying. I'm still trying. Yeah. Um, Working on it. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll keep, I'll keep persuading you, you know, yeah. well, maybe I'll be successful. Yeah. But uh, no, this was a true pleasure. 
Um, glad we got to share your story with the skiing community. And um, yeah, hopefully see you soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you.